Welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast, brought to you by Joey Sturge's Tones. Creating unique audio tools for musicians and producers everywhere. Unleash your creativity with Joey Sturge's Tones. Visit joeysturgestones.com for more info. And now your hosts, Joey Sturges, Joe Wanasek, and A.L. Levy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast. I'm Joel Wanasek. My cohorts, uh, A.L. Levy and Joey Sturgis, will not be joining us tonight. They are off flying, doing lots of exciting stuff. So let me just take a minute to say here, um, I know some of you guys have asked, how come you guys have, you know, aren't always on the podcast, always together? For example, maybe it's just me doing a podcast, or A.L., or me and A.L., or Joey, or etc. Well, um, as you guys know, we're pretty damn busy over here at Unstoppable Recording Machine doing lots of things, trying to take a lot of time and help you guys grow. We're creating all kinds of new programs, courses. We're doing all sorts of stuff, and it's really, really labor-intensive, and that requires us to fly a lot. Originally, when we just started podcasting, it was awesome because we just got together on Skype. We never had to fly anywhere. We never had to do anything. We never had to go anywhere, and lo and behold, now we're flying all over the country all the time, sometimes flying two, three times in a month, which is pretty intensive on all of our schedules. So because of that, for example, right now, AL is filming a really amazing course that you guys are going to geek out over. It is going to be the be-all, end-all drum recording course, and I am so excited for you guys to see it. I mean, I was looking at the outline the other day and just all the logistics of it. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so exciting, and we have one of the best drum techs and probably one of the best engineers I know coming to do this course and teach you guys. It is going to be something incredible. So because he's doing that right now and filming that, I'm here talking to you guys and podcasting away. So Joey himself is uh, getting ready to go to NAM. He's got a lot of stuff going on with JST, and uh, he's pretty much in panic mode. So let's have a little bit of fun and dig into some Mix Crit Monday here. So just know that... Um, I should finish the tangent I just started. Just know that we do this stuff, meaning like the podcast and stuff like that, um, because we can't always get together. Know that we're doing lots of other things to help grow this company and give more value to you guys. You know, by sitting here and expanding the programs, like for example, we have Nail the Mix and we have Your Arm Enhanced right now, but we are working on uh, a very cool next tier that will be coming out hopefully in the next couple of months. That's going to be amazing. It's going to be based around careers and helping you guys make a lot more money and become a lot more successful doing this stuff. And, you know, sharing with you guys all of the most important stuff that you're not going to learn in business school. You're not going to learn in an internship. And it's stuff that people that are really, really experienced and have had great careers usually figure out after like 20, 30 years in the business. So we're going to teach you all of the most important stuff that we've never covered or never really shared publicly before. So we've got that coming. We've been working on that. There's tons of filming, like I'm getting together with AL in February, and we're going to film for about two, two weeks straight. So that just gives you an idea of all the madness that's going on and what we're doing and why sometimes not all of us are on the podcast. So please forgive us. We are not trying to slack by any way, shape, or form. But while we have an immense and comprehensive and amazing team of people that work with us here at Unstoppable Recording Machine, I'll say to you guys that uh, me, A.L., and Joey, we're only three dudes and we can only do so much. So please forgive uh, the absence. Um, know that it's for the better and for the best meaning that the things that we're working on are going to be so cool. So enough of that. Let's get to critting some mixes and talk about mixing. So I just want to take a second, and I feel like I've talked about this before on some of the mix crit episodes, but I believe that it's really important to bring this up again. So let's talk about mentoring here for a second, and let's talk about um, mix crits. Mix crits are my least favorite episode to do off the podcast. I absolutely hate them. And I mean that in like a positive way. I don't actually hate it. <laughs> I hate mixed critting because it's a negative thing, if that makes sense, right? So it's not really um, like 
I don't know. It's just the way that you come on and by the, the structure of the show, people want their mixes torn to shreds and there's no way to do it and sound like, hey, that was okay. I'm not a guy who get, believes in giving trophies to everybody for just trying. I believe in rewarding excellence and, you know, people that are doing amazing at the same time, you know, giving people the brutal, honest feedback that no one will give them. Because I remember when I was starting out doing this, guys, and was like, I, I would have a mix. I'd be all stoked on it. I think it's great. I'd show it for my friends. They'd be like, oh, this is awesome. Then I would put it on a forum or the band would come out or something. And then like all the comments came and they're like, oh man, this mix sucks or that snare drum is shit, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you know, it was like so frustrating because, you know, you think you did really well and then somebody professional comes in and they listen to it and they just absolutely tear you a new asshole. So I just want to say to you guys, you know, when we crit these mixes and we do these critiques, um, we're doing them because it's, we want you guys to get better. And me, Joey, AL, and a lot of other really uh, successful people that I know and peers and producers, et cetera, just everything, business people, we've all had like really hard ass, badass mentors in our life. People that have come in at one point in time or another and have absolutely made our lives hell. And what I mean by made our lives hell, like, I mean, you know, you send them a mix and they're like, this is absolute shit. Don't waste my fucking time with this. I can't believe you turn, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is crap. Like, why did you send this? Blah, 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 blah. I mean, I've had managers scream at me, A&R guys scream at me, bands scream at me, labels scream at me. I've had my peers scream at me. Even my wife screams at me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She doesn't know. She doesn't even know how to mix, but uh, you know, you know what I mean? So the point is, you know, some of the best mentors I ever had when I was younger and coming up and just throughout my career have been so of the most disciplined, difficult, hardest ass people on me, like that have just absolutely savaged me and been so ruthless with me that, you know, at times I've just wanted to be like, I ah, just like choke myself, you know? So it's, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? So when you come in and you get really hardcore, harsh, heavy feedback on something, you can't take it to heart and be upset. Yeah. You know, you, you're stoked on a mix. You turn it in, you did your best. And then somebody's like, you know what? It's fucking garbage. It sucks. This is shit. This is gone. Redo this mix. Everything is wrong. And I could see, you know, you can get really upset because again, I've been in your shoes, guys. Like I've sat there and I've done that. And I like to intentionally pick mixes that need a lot of work for this mix crit show because I feel like if we just picked really amazing mixes and we're like, just tweak this, then tweak that, you know, you guys aren't going to learn something. But when you hear what people are doing wrong on a macro scale, you can sit down, you can listen to it, you can analyze it, you can compare your own work and say, okay, you know, maybe I'm struggling with that too. Maybe that situation or that solution that was recommended by those guys, maybe that's something can help me. So anytime you come in and you're going to do something that's critical in nature and people are going to come in and crit you, you know, like I said, it's easy to get upset and butthurt, but there's two ways you can take it. And let's talk about an analogy like the guitar player comes into the studio. So, you know, I, being a guitar nerd and I, I got a book out on guitar playing and how to become a guitar virtuoso, that's guitarvirtuoso.net for any of you guys who play guitar and are interested in reading it and like listening to this stuff. But I had a really savage reputation regionally for recording guitars. Like guys would come in just terrified because they knew I could play much better than them. And that if they weren't prepared, I was absolutely going to savage them and just pound the crap out of them until, you know, they were sitting there quivering in terror. Most of the time I would just pick up the guitar and play it for them right in front of their face. Now, Obviously, being a producer, you, there's two ways you can do it. You can do it really aggressively and really be, piss people off, but you have to build them up if you're going to break them down. It's like the Gordon Ramsay approach, right? Um, on the other side of that equation, some people can't handle that psychologically. So what I'm saying is like when you go in and you break somebody down, you need to go back in with a feather. So the guitar player comes in, he can't play his part. He's wasting your time as a producer. He's wasting the band's time and money for not being prepared. He's just embarrassing and screwing up the whole damn record. And you as a producer, you have to put your name on it. So you got to make excellence. So you're sitting there like, dude, that was shit. Do it again. No fucking do it again. No. You see that application on the wall? Yeah. That's your future. Now play it right. All right. Give me the fucking guitar, do, 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 play the part. All right, here you go. So you got to mitigate that sort of stuff. And when you sit down with a kid, you know, the kid's going to be pissed at you. He's going to be really pissed at you, extremely pissed because, you know, you just shattered his world. He's going to be sitting there going, man, this guy's an asshole. Like he blah, 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 blah. What the hell does he know? Blah, 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 blah. Listen, there's two ways you can take it. You can take it like that, or you can take it as a reason, as an excuse. Say, you know what? The truth hurts. It's honest because deep down inside that kid knows that he wasn't prepared. He didn't have his shit together. He wasn't ready to get into the studio. He was not 
you know, just not at the level that was necessary to go out and make a great product. And deep down inside, he's upset with himself. So you come in as the producer and you say, hey, listen, I want to talk to you a second. Listen, I was really hard on you back there, but I was doing so out of love because I know you can be a great guitar player. You need to work on this. You need to work on this and you need to work on that. But next time I see you in my studio, I want to see you come in here and play guitar so well that I go, holy shit. It's like a whole different guitar player. And when you have that conversation with that kid and you prep him up and be like, listen, you know, you can't look me in the eye and tell me that you were prepared or you came into the studio and you know you you feel good about the takes that you were getting and that is going to be competitive with what you're hearing and you know the bands that you're competing with you cannot honestly look at me in the eye and tell me that so why on earth should i tell you anything other than the brutal honest truth because the guys in your band aren't going to say it to you they're afraid of upsetting you and you quitting the band but i will say it to you because i care i want your record to sound amazing i want you to be the best guitar player that you can be i want want you to come in and blow my head off sometime. And, you know, I found over my career that when somebody really struggles, it's very, very, very much an effective way of dealing with them because they'll come back. And if they take it the right way, that kid will be the best damn guitar player that records with you the next time in months. Seriously, I've seen it happen so many times. Yeah, some kids, they don't get better, they don't listen, but a lot of people come in and they get savaged and then they know that you're, tr- you're speaking the truth and you have a good heartfelt conversation with them and you get better. So that's how you have to take it. You know, amend, you know, rise up to the challenge, prove me wrong. So it's the same thing with these mixed crits, guys. Like I hate giving them because they're negative and I feel like a complete bastard and an asshole <laughs> giving them. I mean, maybe I am one, maybe I'm not. I Hopefully not too bad, but... Um, at the same time, this requires me to have a certain level of brutality. And so is AL and Joey. And we try to do this stuff a little bit lighthearted. And I could see how, yeah, sometimes people would get really offended or whatever. But guys, we're doing this because we care. We want you guys to be the best producers, mixers, engineers possible. And the only way you guys are going to get good is if you have some really hard-ass dudes sitting at the other head the spectrum here just knocking on your head saying, dude, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Because one day you're going to wake up, you're going to put in the time, you're going to put in the work and guess what's going to happen? Your mixes are going to be freaking awesome. And people are going to be like, damn, who mixed that? And you're going to get a ton of work and you're going to be super stoked because you put in the time, you put in the work, you put in the effort, you worked really freaking hard and you didn't get offended. So guys, we're doing this for you. We're here critting these mixes. We're being hard on you because we want you to succeed and we never had this ourselves. So you can look at it two ways. Like I said, you can get upset or you can use it as a, you know what? I'm going to show this guy. I'm going to work harder and I'm going to show this guy and he's going to sit back and he's going to crit my mix sometime. He's going to be like, damn, this mix is dope, period. I've got nothing to say. It sounds amazing. Fantastic job. And, you know, we've had quite a few subscribers that have really improved over like the last year since we started doing Nail the Mix and the podcast and all that. It's been pretty incredible to watch some of your progress. So, guys, I just want to leave that disclaimer out because I feel like it's important to always put that stuff in perspective. Because, again, you know, a mixed crit show is negative because we're sitting here you know, critiquing everything, ripping it to part, being ridiculous and unreasonable and, you know, poking fun of things and this and that, you know, there's a little bit of an entertainment value to this and you got to have a little bit of fun. But at the same time, we, we care. We really, really, really want you guys to be amazing at this. So we do it with love and we want you to come back and get in the crit ring here, the mix, the Roctagon, the URMPPC Roctagon and just drop the dopest freaking mix and have everybody go, damn, that's sick. And you guys can do it. So I'll shut up and let's crit some mixes here. So the first mix that I have in front of me is from Bruno uh, Ribeiro. Hopefully I said that right. We're going to be doing uh, fragments here by Jason Richardson. Um, this is the nail the mix for... Um, here in January 2017. Yeah, it's January 2017. I can't even believe it. I believe it. I almost said 2016. <laughs> yeah, it is 2017. All right. So here we go. We got Bruno's mix. Let's hear it.
right, that was Fragments by Jason Richardson, mixed by Bruno Ribeiro. So, all right, first and foremost, Bruno, I feel like um, we need to completely reset everything to zero on this mix. Okay, so the reason I'm saying that is there's a lot of things structurally wrong with this mix that needs, and it just needs a ton of work. And I feel like we've screwed some things up and that if you go back to the source tones of the mix, I think that you're gonna get better results than what you've had. So first and foremost, I feel like there's something weird going on with the top end of the entire mix. Like the whole mix sounds to me lo-fi. It sounds like it's got a blanket over it. It sounds like just it's underwater or something. I don't know. It's kind of like you took a high pass filter and just removed all the top end. I mean, it just sounds, sorry, I said high pass filter. I'm an idiot. <laughs> It's late, guys. I'm tired. I've been up for a long time today. Um, a low-pass filter. Sorry. The the top end, it just seems like it's rolled off at like 5K or something, except on the drums. It's really weird. So we got to go in and we got to figure out what's going on with that. But first and foremost, let's talk about this mix structurally. So the kick and the snare, way too loud. And not only that, they sound really, really clipped and really, really distorted. So you have a super loud kick and snare, and then you can barely hear anything else. But the kick and snare are so distorted and clipped that they don't even sound awesome. And it's like there's like too much mid in it. So I can hear like the 250 hertz or the, you know, like 200, 150, somewhere in there on the kick it's really really freaking distorted and you know it needs to be eq'd out or something or you need to use different samples or you know if you're using real drums like you got to eq them better or something like that i'm not sure what's going on so the bottom line is something's really weird going on with the drums they are way too distorted they're way too clipped and they're way too damn loud like for example there's no cymbals in this mix the cymbals are literally like six to ten db too quiet in comparison to the kick and the snare it's like i can barely hear them you know so you know you just have a kick and you just have a snare and like there's no connection you're not hearing an entire drum kit like the cymbals need to be connected to you know the the kit like the whole point of having overheads is to connect the cymbals and the kit to the samples or to the direct microphones if you just have your kick and snare super loud and your cymbals really quiet you know, the problem with that is, is it sounds like drums in space. It doesn't sound like a drummer. It sounds like a program kick and snare with some dude playing along really quietly, you know, doing his cymbals. So we gotta, we gotta get that straightened out. Now, the flip side of that is that if you have your cymbals too damn loud, what happens is then it's, it, it's, it doesn't sound connected. So you gotta find that point in your volume, you know, where your cymbals are not too loud, but not too quiet, but it sounds like a freaking drummer playing in a room, you know, you don't go into a room and hear a dude hitting the snare super hard and just destroying it and then tapping on the ride and the crash cymbal so quietly that you can barely hear it. It doesn't even sound like a performance. Like no human could even play how this mix is performed. I mean, if they could, they would be an incredibly gifted drummer with tons of years of training. I mean, so you got to think about that, you know, like it, it should be a little bit more realistic. So we got to get that under control. Um, I would reset those faders. Now, I would say in the break section of this song, I do remember when it kind of gets clean and there's some like some lead guitar noodling and stuff like that. Like the overheads are a lot louder and the, you know, the triggers or the, you know, the directs or whatever you used, um, they themselves are a little bit better balanced, but the overheads themselves have too much mid-range in them. They're not EQ'd properly. There's not enough clarity and it really makes the whole mix struggle because it I feel like when I listen to it, I'm just like, man, like the, the drums just aren't connected. We got drums in space. So we got to get the drums more connected. We got to go back to basics. So maybe pull off all your plugins, reset the faders, listen to the, the balance and try to get it to sound more like a, a kit. Now, okay, I get it. This is a Taylor Larson mix. And what is Taylor Larson known for? Really badass kick and snare, really loud. And you, a lot of you guys, I feel like, and this is a symptom that the other mixes are going to have. A lot of you guys came in and you tried to mix this song like Taylor, but you failed miserably because he didn't connect the drums. Now, Taylor is a pro. Taylor makes great mixes and he obviously knows what he's doing. He's very experienced and he has a very cool and unique sound. And, you know, a lot of people look up to him. The problem is when you try to emulate that you're not thinking about like, oh, well, Taylor's got his kick and snare really loud. I'm going to do that too. Well, you can do that, but it's very, very, very important to understand that when you do that, you need to make sure that your kit 
connects and it sounds like a drum kit. You can't just turn up your kick and snare samples really loud and make them sound really badass. And then all of a sudden it's like cymbals way the hell down here and guitars and just bury everything else. Let's just have kick and snare super loud. Like that's not what a mix is. That's not how a song is mixed. That's called a drum solo. This is not a drum solo. This is a Jason fucking Richardson song, which is a lead guitar player doing a solo project. The most fucking important thing, excuse my French, <laughs> is the guitar playing in this entire mix. And, you know, I mean, it's important because, hey, you got Luke Holland on drums and stuff like that. So obviously you want to hear Luke Holland. But man, you got to think about this. This is like solo guitar music, even though it's like kind of like in a band setting and stuff like that. It's worth respecting the guitar player. So um, aside from the drums and stuff being out of balance, there's like no bass guitar in this mix at all. I, I think it's in there when I crank it up really loud, but I mean, it's, we, we don't have any bass. We got to like EQ it better or we got, we just got to turn it up and the guitars are super just quiet. So structurally to me with this mix, everything is wrong. We need to start over and you need to rethink your approaches and Hey, that's okay. Okay. I just want to say to you that there have been so many times where I've mixed a mix. Okay, the last when I did the last Machine Head single, the first mix, I got through the whole mix and I got really frustrated with it. It just wasn't right. And I just reset everything. I came back the next day. I tried again and I got a much, much, much better mix. So you know what? Listen, we don't always get a great mix the first time. Sometimes we really screw things up. So you got to revisit this mix. Um, the fact that you're not hearing any high end in this or like such a rolled off amount of top end really concerns me. I wonder if it's your like your listening environment and whatever you're mixing on. Um, it makes me wonder if maybe your speakers are messed up or like the tweeters are blown out or something crazy like that. I don't know what it is, but um, you got to look very carefully at your setup because man, we're, we're like mix is underwater, balance is our way out, like everything is messed up. So maybe we should address the monitoring situation that you've got going on there. I'm not sure. But regardless of that, Bruno, I think if you reset everything, you restart, you try a fresh approach on it, you think about connecting the kit and getting the mix to sound more like a song and not just like a kick and snare solo. You know, I just thought of something too. Maybe maybe your monitors are too close um, together or, you know, if they're too far apart, maybe they're too far apart because if they're too far apart, what's going to happen is your center elements are going to sound weaker um, you know, than they are. So you're going to overmix them. If they're too close together, it's really going to, you know, amplify the center, like the kick and the snare, and you're going to, you know, you're going to mess it up. So you got to make sure that your speaker distance is at a good spot. So when you kind of go between stereo and mono, what happens is, you know, your, your middle section on your mixes kind of sounds the same. If your speakers are too far apart, you know, you're going to overcompensate. So that might be another thing possibly going on. I don't know. I'm not in your room. I haven't seen your setup, but you got to be careful. So something screwed up. You got to figure out what it is. I'm not there. I can't see your setup, but um, if you're an enhanced user, man, get a one-on-one. -on -one. Let's sit down. Let's take a look at your room and stuff and talk about some stuff, but I've got some ideas. So hopefully that helps you, Bruno. All right. The next mix here is going to be from our friend Rodney Attenbaugh. Let's have a listen.
was Fragments by Jason Richardson, and the mixer was Rodney Attenbaugh. So, Rodney, all right, man, we got some problems here with this mix that I want to address. So, first and foremost, I will say that the snare is pretty cool and dope. I did like your snare drum, but we are struggling with some crazy EQ. I think you've absolutely destroyed the mix with EQ and absolutely overdone it. And you've got some weird like pumping and like compressor stuff going on. Like it's in, it's out. It's kind of weird in some places. So first off, I feel like the mix is really scooped. And it, again, it sounds kind of like it's underwater, man. Maybe like my ears are, are filled with shit or something. But I just listened to Taylor's mix before I started this episode and before I got on live stream here. And um, I'll tell you that Taylor's mix was sounding amazing. So like when I come back, you know, there, there's something going on. Like it still sounds a little bit muffled. There's a lot of clarity issues in this mix, Rodney where, you know, like the guitar EQ in some spots, some of the synths, some of the lead guitars and stuff like that is really out of whack. So some places I feel like you've over EQ'd things so much that in a way they're very separated, but they sound kind of harsh and kind of like irritating to the ear and like underwater and stuff like that. And in some ways I feel like you haven't EQ'd things enough in some parts, which is weird. It's a contradiction. I know like on some of the lead guitar tones and stuff like that. Like I was just listening to that clean section not too long ago. And the clean section has some, I don't know, it was just like really mid-rangey and like didn't fit in with the rest of the guitar tones and stuff like that. So it's really important to have cohesion and cohesiveness when you're mixing, okay? So we gotta get, if our guitar tone is really scooped and then our lead is super mid-rangey, like that's too much of a contrast. It's really, you know, a, a pro mix is a little bit more subtle than that. It's good to have just a little bit more mid and maybe a little bit more scoop, depending on the part. But if the whole damn thing is super scooped and then the leads come in and they're super mid-rangey or the vocals or any other instrument, it's gonna stand out like a sore thumb. So you gotta get an EQ balance across the board. You have to have like a curve, a general curve to it. You can't come in and have things jumping all over. So another big problem with this mix, Rodney, I thought was there are some serious balance issues. Like sometimes guitars are way too damn loud. Sometimes they're way too quiet. Sometimes vocals are inaudible, but then they're too loud. Um, I thought like a lot of the backing vocals, like the far left and right vocals, sometimes they come up and they're like four or five dB louder than like the mains. And it's like, it just jumps out so loud and you're sitting there and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, holy crap backing vocals you know you're like what the hell i feel like it should be more subtle and more music and it should get bigger but it shouldn't necessarily get a lot louder and i feel like there's definitely um you know, there's a balance to be had there's a medium there's not like you know you have to get in that continuum if it's too damn loud when it comes in and it gets bigger like then it goes back and then the main vocal is gonna sound small and wimpy if it's not loud enough and it doesn't get big enough then it doesn't sound like there was a double and then you didn't do your job as a mixer again it's about balance and i feel like you over eq'd and you have some problems here with balance so let's get into some more details here um, because I feel like this mix is overcomped and over EQ'd, it gives me a bit of a headache. I think it's frequency dependent because it there's there's definitely like I said, there's some there's the, the guitars are way too scooped in the bass. It just sounds like underwater and it's it's difficult to listen to. So it needs a little bit more mid range. And again, like I said, this is a Jason Richardson and you need to hear the guitars. So you need a little bit of mid range in there, and you want the guitars to kind of just bloom a little bit so you cut too much out or when where you did cut it you cut it at the wrong frequencies like i would just reset my eq and then just be like okay what does it mean need and then try to get to whatever eq that you have in less moves meaning that maybe if you used like two or three eqs and each one had like two to four cuts or boosts or whatever you know maybe grab one eq and see if you can get the guitars to fit in with one eq and then maybe like one or two bands of spot treatment if necessary um I think the guitar is hard to hear at a lot of points because the mid-range isn't right. Again, that's kind of a balance thing too, but it's also an EQ thing. Like EQ is causing the balance problems. So basically, I think that if you were to maybe add a little bit more mid-range, you're going to hear the guitar parts a little bit better, which I'm sure Jason would be stoked on. I Now, I will compliment you and say that, well, I think your snare drum is badass. I think your bass tone overall is pretty badass, and it sounds really good. Like, you did a really good job of mixing the bass on this and keeping the bass solid and consistent and having a lot of punch, and it drives the mix pretty well. So, you know, you've got, you've got some energy in the mix, but like I said, there is still a little bit of pumping and things like that. So that's kind of what I got on this, Rodney. Um, you know, overall, I feel like we just need to clean up the frequency EQing stuff a little bit. It needs just a little bit of love. 
and it needs to be straightened out a little bit more. And once you get that under control, man, you're going to be shooting fireballs. So get it straightened up. Go retweak some of the balances. You know, go listen to Taylor's mix. The lead guitar shouldn't be so damn loud in a certain part of the song and then kind of buried in other parts. And you know what I mean? Stuff like that. You just need to get your balance a little bit more, more under control. So that's what I've got. All right. The next mix we're going to go listen to here of Fragments is by our listener here, Raven Popescu. Hopefully I said this name. Guys, if I butcher your names, I'm sorry. There are a lot of foreign people and I'm just terrible at pronouncing names. I try, and sometimes I know they, they don't read well in English. And <laughs> I, I understand, you know, like when I go to Russia and I say some things, like there was a one time I was telling my father-in-law, I need a box. And he's like, what's a box? I'm like, box, B-O-X. He's like, box? I'm, I'm like, box? He's like, oh, box. Ah, now I understand box. You want a box? I'm like, a box? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm from the Midwest. That's how we say ah instead of oh. So B-O-X, I need a box so I can put some things in the box and pack them up. So there you go. You know, a simple vowel can be so confusing and so difficult depending on where you are in the world. So guys, if I put your names, I'm sorry. All right, let's listen to Raven's Mix and see what he's got.
All right, that was another mix of Fragments by Jason Richardson, and the mixer is Raven Popescu. So, all right, here's what I'm thinking about this mix. First and foremost, um, this mix pumps like freaking crazy. There is so much pumping going on on the compression somewhere. I'm assuming the bus compression that the whole mix is just pushing and pulling. Like sometimes I hear him hit the snare and the whole mix sucks out and then pops back or like the downbeat of a section, the kick hits really hard and like just the mix just goes and it just comes back. It's like push and pull, but not in a good way. So we got to get the bus compression under control and the two bus stuff under control in this mix. And some of it, I feel like maybe frequency dependent. Sometimes if you don't get your mids, especially your low mids or your bottom end, right? Like that's what the compressor really clamps down on. And we might have some looseness on the bottom end or in the mid range. That's really kind of taking the compressor and just swinging it around madly and just wildly. So I feel like that really needs some work. We gotta really, um, we gotta really get the bus compression under control. It definitely, I don't know, it's all over the place, and it makes the mix really hard to listen to. Again, it gives me a headache because it's in, it's out, it hits the drum, and then all of a sudden it pops back at you, and then the, vo- the you know, the guitars sink down two dB, and then they come right back up front, and the vocals go down and up, and boom, 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 and there's push and pull, and it's. Um, absolutely just choking the mix. So we really got to think about the compression on this and we got to get it under control, man. It's it's rough. So um, I thought your snare drum is too loud. It's definitely pretty brutal. Again, the problem is we're listening to Taylor Larson and yes, Taylor Larson is a master at being able to get his kick and snare super freaking loud. But to me, the problem is when you guys are trying to emulate somebody like Taylor, what's happening is you're overcompensating and you're screwing it up. Like for example, we're hitting the bus compression. For example, maybe that snare transient is so wild that it's hitting the bus compressor and it's just boop. It's just popping it every single time. I don't know. There could be a lot of different things. I'd have to experiment and open up the session a little bit. So it's very important, guys, when you're doing this stuff to uh, make sure that you get your bus compression stuff because while a bus compressor can be the glue, you know, it's like the salt in the soup. It brings all the flavors together. It can also be your worst enemy and really destroy the entire feeling of your mix. And if your mix pumps too hard, it's like that vocal comes in, mix come, you know, goes down, vocal goes out, mix comes up, guitar lead goes in, mix goes down, in, out, and it's just like a, a circus, you know, it's like jumping on a trampoline, and it shouldn't sound like that, the whole mix should sound cohesive, and if it's going to move, then the hit, the whole thing should move together, and it should have a subtle, slow rhythm, like, if you guys are URM Enhanced members, if you're not familiar with that, it's urm.academy slash I am Enhanced go check it out. That is the next level up from Nail the Mix, which is our core offering. And Enhanced has all these awesome fast tracks, and one of them is hearing compression, where I show you guys how to sit down, grab a compressor, and actually hear movement. So the first stage of compression is really the... um, you know, just like dynamics control, like, you know, hearing the sustain on the snare, or like, you know, making more transient pop viewer for etc. The next thing is then hearing the density. So like how the tone affects the signal. And then after that, what's going to happen is then you're going to be able to hear movement. And movement is like taking your mix and throwing it into a rubber band. And you guys want to hear a good explanation, go listen to the podcast with Gregory Scott from Cush Audio. We had a great thing. Or log into your accounts and go watch Hearing Compression and have a listen. And I'll show you guys how to hear it. And it takes a while to really master this stuff. But um, I would say that there is a ton of video content on Enhance. We have hundreds of videos. We are always working on tons of fast tracks. There is Mix Rescue, which we basically do a mix crit live where we open up your session, me, Joey, or AL, and we fix it in front of your face and show you guys what you're doing wrong in your session or what you could do to improve your mix and make it better or what you're doing right. And we rescue the mix. And then we also have one-on-ones where you can sit down with us in one-on-one sessions where you can sit down with me, AL, uh, or Joey. And we'll sit down for like 20 minutes and talk to you about whatever you want, career advice. We'll work on your mix with you and stuff like that. So Enhanced has a ton of awesome stuff. If you're serious about audio and you want to get great at this, you got to get to Enhanced. It's urm.academy slash I am Enhanced. That is how you get signed up. So go check it out. But... Let's get back to this mix. So the problem is, you know, I'm hearing too much movement on the compressor. The compressing 
uh, the movement of the compressor is swinging too hard. It's choking off the vocals and parts. It's pumping and popping off the drum transients. It's killing the guitars, the bass, etc. So, man, we got to really get that out of, under control. Um, another two major points I have here is the EQ of this mix. So the guitar on this mix is very money. Now, where Rodney's mix was really scooped and kind of underwater, and he'd really overdone his EQ, this mix is way too over mid-rangey in the guitars and the vocals, and there's a lot of conflict there. And because of that, we're losing a lot of clarity. And again, that might also cause some of the pumping because there's just all of that extra frequency information there, and the compressor is just eating it up, and it's just it's working too hard. So we got to clean it up. We got to like get the mid-range a little bit more controlled. Again, this is a very dense mix. I haven't opened the session, but I hear there's over 100 tracks on this and there's even more than Machine Head. So, you know, you guys are mixing a pretty colossal and epic session. There's a lot of stuff going on and because there's a lot of stuff going on, it's gonna really require a ton of attention to detail and you're gonna need to get the right mid-range on your core elements. Your core elements being your kick, your snare, your bass, your rhythm guitars, and your vocals. You gotta get the mid-range right. You gotta lock all of them very tightly like a puzzle, and then you'll be able to easily hear your synths, your leads, your little um, fancy things that come in, and you know your, your overdubs and stuff like that. So our guitars are muddy, our vocals are muddy. And in general, I just wanna see the entire mid-range of this entire mix is completely off, meaning that Rodney's mid-range was off because it was too scooped. This one has too much mids, as I just said to reiterate. So we gotta get the mid-range under control on this mix. It's very important, and I feel like Mid-range and being able to get the mid-range right is one of the most coveted and difficult audio skills because it's very hard to hear. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of time mixing to really be able to hear and hit that curve and really be able to get things to you know lock like a glove. So, you know, you just got to keep mixing songs. Mixing one song and sitting there screwing around with it for a month isn't going to make you that much of a better mixer. But sitting there and mixing like 50 different songs in a month is going to make you a lot better, a lot faster because you're going to run into a lot of different problems and you're going to reference a lot of different styles of mixes and things like that. So it's very, very important for you guys when you're practicing your mixing, try to mix a lot of different songs and try to mix them rather quickly and you'll get your average up. It's like a batting average, right? So, you know, you're as a mixer, no matter how good you are or how bad you are, you're always going to have a shitty mix every once in a while. You know, you're going to, you're going to miss, you're going to strike out just like baseball, right? But we want to get our average up. So, you know, the difference between the pro mixers and the guys who are aspiring is an aspiring mixer may get one or two really awesome, amazing mixes, but a pro mixer can get an amazing mix almost every time they go and they play the game. So, you know, you're going to have bad mixes. You're going to, you're going to do some crappy ones. You're going to do some good ones, but it's about getting your batting average up. Meaning like, you know, most of the time you're putting out pretty quality stuff. Yeah, you might have a bad day, but it's not that often. Whereas like a less experienced mixer is gonna come in and maybe they'll have one good mix and then 10 crappy ones and things like that. So you guys need to mix a lot of songs. The more songs you mix, the better that batting average is gonna get, the better your mixing average, I should say, not batting average, the better your mixing average will get. And the more confident you'll be, the better you're gonna get at EQing and things like that. So the last note I've got here on Raven's Mix is that I think that the vocals can be very tough to hear in places. And again, that's because the mid-range isn't right. So now we're having a balance issue in some parts. You can't really hear them and they're kind of out of balance because he hasn't got his mid-range clear enough and tight enough. So it's definitely, you know, it's just not, there's no room and there's no frequency space. So guys, that is all I have for this episode of Mix Crit Monday. Hopefully you guys have learned something and this has helped. We were mixing fragments by Jason Richardson, which we are doing this month at nailthemix.com. Come check it out. Come join us. We have the mighty Taylor Larson on and you get to watch him live. You can ask him questions at the end of this month. It's going to be really exciting. So if you're not a Nail the Mix subscriber, you should definitely come on. And I'll say that uh, you want to stick around because, guys, we have some really amazing mixers coming up. We've got some legendary bands. We've got some number one singles. We have some just incredible talent coming up. And if you're new to Nail the Mix or the podcast, log into your accounts because you can go back and get all of the back issues there a la carte. You can check them out. There's so many great songs and artists and things like that 
for anybody who signed up recently, I mean, nail the mix. We've already got an entire 12 months. I think this is going to be the 14th month of it now when Taylor mixes. So there are 13 more episodes and every single episode, something different has been covered. There's different approaches. I mean, like every time I mix, I try to do it radically different. Like Cognizance, I mixed very different than I mixed the Millennium. There was a little bit of crossover, but like Anakin was mixed completely analog and Machine Head was mixed even different than that. It was kind of like hybrid. That's just to give you an example. And I tried to cover different things and focus on different things when I was mixing and all that fun stuff. And I know that Joey and Al also try to do that too. And we have all these great guest mixers and they all have slightly different approaches and there's some really incredible talent. So guys, check that out. I'm going to sign off here. Thanks for hanging out on Mix Crit Monday. And again, you know, if you got your mix torn up today, look at it as, it, as a reason to improve and get better. I want to see you guys turning in mixes that blow my mind, and I feel like you guys are all capable of doing it. So thank you. I'm Joel Wanasek, and this is the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast. I'll see you guys next time. Cheers. This episode of the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast is brought to you by Joey Sturge's Tones, creating unique audio tools for musicians and producers everywhere. Unleash your creativity with Joey Sturge's Tones. Visit joeysturgestones.com for more info. To ask us questions, make suggestions, and interact, visit urm.academy.com slash podcast and subscribe